You are listening to the Corona Diaries, brought to you by Allegra. For more information, please visit allegralaboratory.net. Hello, this is Susan Ordal, bringing you my fourth diary from a sunny Helsinki. So I am reporting as usual for the Corona Diaries of the Allegra Laboratory. It really does feel like summer has arrived here. It's been very, very warm and it's beautiful seeing all the flowers popping up from the flower benches and people seem happy and smiling because the weather is so nice. So in terms of the timeline, if we look at the timeline and compare ourselves to other countries in Europe, we're two weeks behind um, and... uh, It's judged that we will reach the climax of the disease in May-June and probably have it around until the autumn. But some even claim it will in some form or another be with us until 2022 or even 2024. It just seems like an unreal type of thing and even to be able to imagine oneself into a future that is so far off and of course it's quite abstract understanding what actually means that the disease will be around in some form or another um, for so many years. Um, Well, what has happened since the last time I reported um, Osimar, the region where the capital city is, has opened up why has this happened? Because the disease, they said that the disease has already spread to other parts of the country, so there really isn't uh, any legitimate reason any longer to keep us isolated from the rest of the country. And it is a big issue from a legal point of view to restrict people's freedom of movement. And during this press conference that I watched, that was being um, streamed on the internet, um, Sanna Marine complimented, complimented all us Finns for having followed the restrictions so well up until now. But she also reminded us that, of course, we still have many restrict, restrictions in place. The schools continue to be closed, as are restaurants, cafes, bars, museums, and we are not allowed to organize any big gatherings. And the schools will be closed until the 13th of May, unless drastic change takes place. And during this press conference where all this was announced to us, Sanna Marine underscored that we are all responsible for our own actions. She several times said that we need to act in a responsible manner, because when the law no longer restrict us, restricts us. It means that she trusts us um, to act in the proper manner. But also from the point of view of internal safety, um, it's important not to travel uh, to the municipality where you may have a cottage because this is actually a big part of internal travel when it comes to... Um, 
not to travel that is related to commercial activity, but that is related to travel that private people undertake. Um, because in case you have an accident when you're at your cottage or become the victim of a crime, you're going to put a strain on the healthcare and police resources in small communities that need to be protected. Because these resources, of course, need to be used for, for people who live there locally. Then she also said something that um, um, that is, I believe, quite difficult for people to uh, to accept, or, or for some people, will be difficult to accept. And and that is that she said that at Vapu, people will need to stay at home. So what is Vapu? Vapu is a day of celebration that takes place on the eve of the first of May. And the tradition is that people have parties, picnics, um, there's choir singing on this day. And then on May 1st, uh, like in many other countries, you have political speeches on um, open on a square in Helsinki, on a famous square in Helsinki in Hakaniemi, which is actually um, in colloquial terms called the Red Square. And then people also uh, engage in marches, so it has a important political function. And it's also the quintessential sign of spring, a time for celebrating spring and that summer will soon arrive. It has this kind of carnivalesque type of function and quality. And this will not happen now. And it is the first time ever in his, in the history of Vapu, of Vapu celebrations that we are not allowed to gather. So I just wonder how will people manage to act responsibly and will they replace it with some kind of internet celebrations and how will, how will Vapu be celebrated using the internet? Well, it's probably better than not celebrating at all. And of course it's a small sacrifice that we have to make in this situation. And what I felt strongly also was that this press conference kind of reminded me of a school meeting where the principal reminds the students of the regulations and stays calm and matter-of-fact in her manner of, of speaking, having very clear communication, which she has had during this whole crisis. All the press conferences are streamed as our parliamentary session, so it's very possible to follow what has happened and what kind of decisions have been taken. It's all very transparent, so if you wonder about something, you can just go and watch these streamed events. But this opening up of Osimar did create a storm, judging on the comments to an article on this in the evening paper, Il Tasanomat. And there, Helsinki residents were accused of being selfish and putting others at risk, and um, that they felt that going to your cottage is, is a luxury that can be avoided. And that all those living outside of the Uzimar region, people who weren't capital city dwellers, didn't want our infections. And just the message basically was stay home. It's not so important for you to be able to go to your mukki. But the mukki is actually very important. It's, it's a big thing. People want to go to their mukkis whenever it's possible, of course, but discounting teenagers. 
many teenagers are, are not so keen on being isolated in a mucky during the weekend or the summer holidays. But for all other people, it's, it's a big thing. And in a population of five and a half million, we have 500,000 mekkis or cottages. But why is it so important from a sociocultural point of view? And is it in the same way an elitist question to have a second home uh, as it is in other parts of Europe? A second home that the rich people can escape to? I think that Mucky ownership in Finland is more egalitarian. In the beginning of the 40s, there was only a few thousand Mucky's in the country. And the real boom happened in the 1950s, this boom of Mucky culture, when there was massive migration from the rural areas into the cities where the industries needed workers. And... Uh, People, of course, they they missed the forests and the lakes. We we are kind of forest people at heart. They missed the peace and the open spaces and the possibility to escape the everyday stress of city life. And they wanted a connection to their rural roots. So then a steady growth of cottages began and it's slowed off actually first at the turn of the century so I remember in my childhood we we had a we went we used to go to a mekki but it was very basic we had no running water and we didn't actually have a sauna which is kind of a no-no in a mekki um, and it was like a work camp my sister and I we had to weed um, the vegetable patches and plant potatoes and vegetables. We were sent out to the forest to pick blueberries and mushrooms. In Finland, idleness is not a virtue. And your worth as a person is very much actually measured by how hardworking you are. So if you have an ideal mökki, it should have a sauna and be by a lake, a river or the sea, some body of water and for many people it is a work camp where it's possible to fulfill your dream of working with your hands of building of creating something of being self-sufficient to some degree so I, I see it as a microcosmos of finishness of braving harsh conditions and of managing on your own and of being isolated from your neighbors in the peaceful embrace of nature. This is what people long for. So you can see why it's not difficult for us to follow restrictions on physical distancing or social distancing. But uh, today it's changed a bit because when people build uh, mekkis, they build them as second homes that they can also live in during the winter. And they usually have all the comfort comforts of, of their home in the city. Um, so it's a bit different than it was a few generations ago. But this is what people are seeking now also, and I think that this is what they need. They need the distraction. They need the peace and the open spaces. So for those that are fortunate enough uh, to have a mekki, they will undoubtedly travel there. But I also believe that most people will heed the recommendations and take their food with them and 
be cautious so as not to have an accident. This is, of course, a bit difficult because despite your best efforts, you may and do have injuries, especially when you're building things and using um, tools and chopping wood for your sauna. Um, but I would very much like to have a Mecca place to go to, and I, I, I have the opportunity to do so by visiting my, my friends' Mekkis. But for all you others out there, with or without a Mekki, it's important to connect to nature. So if it is just connecting to the potted plant on your windowsill, um, take some deep breaths and imagine that you're out in a Finnish forest listening to the birds singing and just have a, a moment of peace. But I will sign off now and I wish you peace and zen and imagined fresh air and speak to you again next week. Bye-bye.